ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Wednesday, October 30th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program anytime by calling the Miller Lite phone lines, 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. we got a lot to get into today. Uh, we're going to take more of a, a basketball focus later on in the program. Yesterday, exhibition action over at the Cam Henderson Center. Thundering Herd get the win over Glenville State. 100-66. to 66. And uh, we'll hear a little bit later on from Tavion Kenzie. We'll also get the head coach's thoughts himself. Uh, game one, well, technically game one, exhibition game number one for the Thundering Herd. Okay crowd was there last night at the Henderson Center. I was, uh, I was a little surprised I didn't see a bigger crowd there, but still. Hurt fans uh, got a show. Uh, early impressions before we uh, really get into it. Uh, Tavion Kenzie continues to, of course, impress me. He was out there for about 28 minutes. Uh, he was 6 of 10 in that game. Had 14 points total. A guy that really looked good to me out there was Cam Brook Harris. So what did Cam Brooks Harris do? Oh, only had 19 points out there. He was out there actually 18 minutes. So he looked pretty good as well. A guy that... I didn't see much of because I didn't get there until after tip-off. I only saw 16 minutes of play, and that was Jansen Williams. I wanted to see a little bit more out of him, how he was going to adjust to this new dynamic. And, of course, the guy out there who's the workhorse, Jared West, looked good. I mean, Jared looked really good out there. He was out there 25 minutes, uh, 4 or 7. But, really, I think his leadership is what this team will uh, get from him a lot more than maybe his uh, offense. But he had 12 points. All in all, good game. We're going to break it down a little bit later on. Uh, a couple things uh, I wasn't too um, thrilled with was um, they had 25 turnovers. 30 assists, 25 turnovers. Dan addresses that a little bit later on, so we'll hear from him. And, of course, uh, we'll hear from Tavion Kinsey as well. So, Marshall basketball, not the only team in action yesterday. The 20th-ranked men's soccer team were in action, and they beat Oakland Golden Grizzly 2-1. to so the Thundering Herd improving to 11-2-3. The Golden Grizzlies. I like that name, by the way. Golden Grizzlies, 7-7-2. Seven, seven, you know, the Herd didn't have uh, the best of weeks last week. Uh, it didn't hurt them too much. They're, they're 20th now. So plenty of room there to improve. But still a top-ranked soccer team. Soccer program is doing well. Now, what's coming up on the program tonight? Well, as I mentioned to you, we're going to hear from Dan D'Antoni. We're going to hear from Tavion Kinsey. And in a few minutes, we're going to hear from the play-by-play voice of the Rice Owls, J.P. Heath. He's going to join us on the program. We're going to talk about the upcoming game between Marshall and Rice. So that's coming up here in the next few minutes. Later on, we'll get your phone calls in. And uh, if we have time, I want to talk a little Bengals with you because A.J. Green basically coming out and saying today, look, long-term deal or let me go. I like it here, but I'm not down with one-term, one-year deals. Sign me to a long-term deal or let me go. We'll talk a little bit about that. Andy Dalton also a little disappointed on the timing because he found out a few hours before the trade deadline. You know what that means? 
Andy didn't really have an opportunity to go find another team. Wasn't that much of an opportunity for him to go out there and explore possibilities, explore options. So your starting quarterback benched. Ladies and gentlemen, this is fully a rebuild for Cincinnati Bengals football. Of course, uh, you can catch Bengals football action, not this weekend, but when they come back off the bye, right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Uh, we will have it till its glorious conclusion. I'm still watching it. I'm still looking at it, but this is really the first year in a long time that I'm just, yeah, you know, I'm okay if I miss a game. Years ago, hey, I had to see every single game. Now I'm okay. I'm, I really am okay. I had opportunities to go to see the Bengals live in person. Uh, you know, I'm okay this year. I'm good. You know, come back to me when uh, you guys get it all squared away and situated. You know, that's kind of my feeling right now. I'm uh, instead using the time to. Uh, I'm actually. Um, I'm doing more on my on my Sundays. Usually, my day would begin after Bengals football, and that meant my day would end after Bengals football. Not now. It's sort of liberating. When your NFL team is bad and you just don't care for a while, I mean, you're still a fan, but you're not investing that much time, energy into it. It's liberating. Let me tell you, it's very liberating. Yeah, I might not, um, I might not have to worry about this much longer the way they're going right now. But, hey, with that said, we do, again, have Bengals football all season long for you right here on your home of the Bengals, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm excited for my next guest, so we're going to go ahead and take our break early, and we're going to come back and hear from the play-by-play voice of the Rice Owls, J.P. Heath. He's going to join us next here on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. I want to welcome to the program now the voice of the Rice Owls, J.P. Heath. And, J.P., it's been a while since uh, we've had a chance to talk. Uh, good talking to you again. Yeah, I was thinking, and, I, and I'm assuming it was football-related, but it had to have been uh, five years or maybe a basketball trip in there. But yes, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it's pr- probably been football because you know basketball. You know, we we always get to see you guys. Uh, you know, when uh, the schedule allows. But uh, it's been a while since uh, Thundering Herd and Rice have played football, so we've got that coming up. And uh, yeah, I know uh, things weren't very good for the herd the very very last time. Uh, I'm sure uh, some herd fans still flashing back to that championship game, uh, not going the way the herd expected, but. Uh, we don't know what to expect this uh, this upcoming game because uh, Marshall is um, bouncing back quite nicely after having a disappointing start. Yeah. Rice, on the other hand, I don't know what to make of your team. I look at the scores and I don't see really a bad loss. I mean, they're all bad, but score-wise, Rice looks like they were in almost every single game just about. Yeah, really. Um, the Texas game is the only one that – uh, from the get-go, it was it was it was out of hand. Um, other years, Rice had played Texas pretty close, but I think the UAB game was a little deceiving because uh, it was two possession game, but Rice just kind of could get some stuff done late, and there was a three-hour weather delay mixed in there, so it was just a just a bad night altogether. But yeah, you're right. I mean, every game, even the Southern Miss game last week, not to be the mouthpiece and the excuse maker, but 
So the miss scores a late touchdown to break open a one possession game, but it was really over then anyway. But I mean, your your what your record is. I mean, I'm not going to make excuses on behalf of the program because Coach Bloomgren doesn't. He says it's a zero sum business, and you can't sit here and say, "Ah, oh, coulda, shoulda, woulda," because uh, he pointed out when one of his years at Stanford, they won every one possession game that they had. So they just they're they're one of those young programs still in his second year. They've got to learn how to win they just haven't they've had a lot of lessons but they just haven't learned how to, to turn those close games into victories yet i was going to ask you is that really the uh, the only thing holding this team back yeah you, you look at what they look like on film and uh talking to players this week um you know, they definitely have um rice front and center because they don't see a bad team on film even though the record is what it is uh, they don't acknowledge this team as being an zero and eight team yeah i read uh, some of those same comments and very complimentary and very accurate, but still uh, they've got to find some consistency at quarterback. Uh, Wiley Green has shown some great leadership skills. He is as tremendous a human being as they get. I mean, all right, guys, like all Marshall guys, I mean, they're they're very good people when they have to juggle the classroom and, and juggle the athletic side of things. Like, how do you do that? I couldn't do one of those in college, and they're doing both of them. And here – but they, they haven't got uh, a quarterback uh, that has played consistently every game. Uh, Tom Stewart, who's a transfer from Harvard, has uh, been efficient at times, but then he was going to start the Southern Miss game and his back locked up, and he had some spasms during walkthroughs. So everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Uh, Coach and I were joking a couple weeks back just about the football gods. Like, what did he do to anger the football gods? So – um, I don't know if it's going to be Saturday when they finally break through. Good Lord only knows. But when they do start putting together, I think they've got the defense that they can build around and run the ball where I think it could be a formidable team in the future. The, the only question is, and I want to know as much as anybody in the coaching staff, does that come the last four games of this year or does that come the beginning of next year? We'll see. What's the mood of this team like? Some teams can't handle the losing. Some take it in stride and, and know that they're building towards something better. You know, where are the Rice Owls when it comes to that? It's tough. I mean, you can't like losing. You're not going to like it. I'd be worried if they were all happy-go-lucky. Uh, the defense, actually, we talked to one of the players, Naeem Smith, who's a safety. Uh, he's had interceptions the last two games, and he said, yeah, we need to start scoring on defense. Like, who says that, you know? Who <laughs> who actually takes uh, ownership and says we need to score on defense because, like, you know, it's really, really hard to do. So um, they're tough. I mean, they're guys that juggle a lot in everyday life, so it's, it's not uh, something that they're uh, finger-pointing about, but they're just really disappointed because they put so much into each week. So they've, they've, they've come to grips with how tough it is to – get those wins, but now they just, like I said earlier, they have, they have to put it on the field and be able to, to put it all together for four quarters because they've, they've started some games fast but then not finished them. They've finished some games okay, but they didn't start well. Uh, so they've got to put it all together. You look at some of the metrics, and you know, even though the record doesn't indicate this, uh, I mean, there is noticeable improvement. The defense looks better. Uh, I know – yeah, that's no uh, small consolation for anybody. You know, let's say you're playing better, you're still 0-8, but uh, it does feel like even though with that record there is uh, forward progress with this Rice-Owls team. Yeah, and only one senior, guy named Miles Adams on the defensive line. Uh, they've got Blaze Aldridge, who is, uh, again, I'm the biased. Everybody expects me to be the homer. I promise I tell the truth when I need to, but 
Um, uh, 55, Blaze Aldridge, for anybody that watches uh game or listens for Aldridge's name, he is just a man. Like, he has been – he was added midseason to the Nagurski watch list uh, up there in the national rankings and tackles for a loss. He, he either leads or is second in Conference USA. Just does everything. And he's a workhorse, uh, <clears throat> fantastic guy, crazy story about how he ended up at Rice. There was a, a terror threat at his airport. He was trying to go – uh, he was getting recruited by Coach Bloomgren at Stanford, but that didn't work out because of the terror threat at the Orlando airport. And long story short, he ends up at Rice, and he's playing like one of those next uh, if uh, Power Five type of players. I uh, got a guy. Uh, the secondary's been a little bit better. It's been tested a lot recently, uh, but just all over there, guys on the defense that have have just been salty, and that's what you like from your defense. And uh, Aldridge is one of those, but. On the offensive side, the line's been good, not great, but the line's been good. But Brad Rosner, a wide receiver, and also on the offensive side, uh, Austin Trammell. Uh, he's been uh, he's a leader. He's a co-captain. Uh, Aston Walters expected to be back. He's had three straight 100-yard rushing games. He missed the Southern Miss game. So, yeah, you're exactly right. There have been some metrics, some incremental improvements. But, again, they, they have to put it all together and kind of and string that for 60 minutes in a game. Uh, where it matters, and you have one more point than the other guy. Joining us on the program, Rice House, play-by-play announcer J.P. Heath. And uh, you look at Marshall, Marshall's winning. And that's the that's the good thing for Marshall. They're winning. They're finding ways to win, but they're doing it in dramatic fashion, like a 53-yard field goal to end the game. Uh, so Marshall hasn't just walked away with uh, the East Division yet. Rice has been in some really close games. Uh, what are the Owls talking about looking at as far as what they might need to do to maybe take advantage of the fact that Marshall's had some slow starts. Uh, defense is where they've been making their um, making their noise these last few weeks. Uh, defense has really helped set up the offense in some situations. Yeah, I think it's starting fast. They've got to start fast, and you mentioned that uh, the Marshall struggles, but uh, the Owls have to find – and they've gotten good. They, they finished – a lot of drives, but they, they've got to get those first couple, uh, put them in the box, as they say, and, and they've, they've got to start uh, fast. I'm really interested to see uh, what Green can do against the secondary because Rice uh, saw Abraham last week uh, for Southern Miss, really good quarterback, and he didn't get the huge plays, but I really, uh, the couple parts of games I've seen, I really like him um, at quarterback. But Coach really uh, respects Knox. Uh, too, and the things like he loves power runners, and he he loves the way he plays, and he talked about Gaines being a flashy uh, do it all guy too. So, um, I think it just it still comes back. They have to have uh, that fast start. I really think we'll know the first half again. Newsflash here: uh, if it's a close game, that that I don't think any any team runs away with it in the in the second half. Rice's style is to uh, really. Uh, grind it out and try to, they have to get the running game going to Rice's side. I'm interested to see if they can run against um, a salty Marshall defense as of late, the way they've been able to get to the passer. And then who's that passer going to be for Rice that can try to take advantage? So there are a few other hidden variables, but I, uh, those, those are a few of the things that I'm going to watch for. This game is um, also always fascinating for, for some herd fans because Marshall has um, has some success against Rice, but when the herd travels to Texas, uh, there's always that concern. Okay, can they win today? Because Texas hasn't been kind to Marshall as a state when it comes to uh, the herd traveling. Yeah, I, I was digging for that note from from Jason and the guys 
and I saw that uh, hosting Texas team, uh, there was a better one. But, yeah, I don't know what uh, that could be. And I remember that from the last time when uh, we played them. But um, we're friendly in Texas. I don't know what it is. Maybe we get too much Tex-Mex and barbecue in them. I don't know what it what <laughs> what it, uh, what that could be. But uh, it's just sometimes you get those funky, funky stats that don't – maybe it is the travel. Uh, but, I mean, UTEP's there, UTSA, North Texas. There are a lot of Texas teams, and it could speak to the – the quality of play, but that's uh, it, it, I might throw that partly out to uh, just kind of a weird coincidence. But uh, if you have better stats, it, it's a longer stat. I don't know. That's a kind of one of, a weird factoid there. Yeah, I'm just um, I'm digging into that stuff, and that stuff really doesn't play into this one because it's been so long since these two teams have have really seen each other, and yeah. that's the difficulty of this league is. You see the East Division or West Division teams, depending on what side you play, and you see them all the time, but you don't see the other side very often. And so it's kind of hard, I'm sure, for the Rice fan base to get excited because here comes Marshall on on game day, and Rice fans are probably haven't seen Marshall in years other than basketball. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, these Rice fans remember uh, that game against Marshall the last time they are here, and Rice was towing the trophy, and that was very favorable. Uh, we're getting back into the baseball side of things. Uh, Marshall has been off Rice's schedule in baseball forever and a day. Uh, basketball, yeah, more. Really, that's the most um, frequency Rice fans have seen Marshall. But it's like it's not a it's not a West Virginia centric thing. It's the same for FIU. It's the same for your fans with the Florida schools. Your fans with UTEP. I mean, that's kind of the the good thing about Conference USA is there's so many schools. But the downside might be you don't have those natural rivalries. I mean. Uh, you guys in Western Kentucky, maybe, but us in North Texas, us in UTSA, you know, uh, so us in Southern Miss in baseball. So it's just um, that's just kind of how it how it goes right now. And until they change the schedule, I'm just I'm just going where they tell me to go. Yeah, Western Kentucky has really become a, a good rival for Marshall. Uh, quick, funny story. Uh, I one of our radio stations is a Kentucky News Network affiliate. And I had to make a phone call today to uh, the manager of, of the network. He's a Western Kentucky guy. He recognizes my phone number only because it's the only West Virginia number on his uh, contact list. And first thing he says is, you're calling me to give me grief about that field goal, aren't you? That's that's how the rivalry is. <laughs> it is. So, hey, at least, it, I mean, it could have been worse news, you know, like the dog passed away or so I don't know but at least it at least it's just something a football game right yeah I told him no that wasn't the reason but hey since you mentioned it uh so I, I did have to bring it up but uh that's um that's a good point you bring up also baseball that's what we know rice for that's that's uh, rice's bread and butter and finally Marshall's going to actually have a stadium worthy of hosting a team like rice here in the next few years <laughs> and uh uh, I think that's where uh, you're going to see a lot of excitement. Uh, Marshall baseball finally being able to compete with Rice, uh, at least from a facility standpoint, hopefully on the field as well for both teams. Yeah, I saw the the drawings, the the renderings, and I can't I can't wait. I guess from what I'm remembering, I don't know if they'll be ready by 2021. The next time we'd be coming back there, but. Um, Host we host Marshall in baseball this year, so I guess if it's ready by twenty twenty one, we'd we'd see that. But it's it's great. I mean, you'll you'll love it. Um, it it just having the facilities brings in 
uh, it opens up the doors to so many different avenues. And Rice, Rice found that so successful in baseball at the turn of the century when Coach Graham uh, got the, the program really going with his Omaha trips in the late 90s. And just getting the facility was a launching pad, really, to winning the national championship. Coaches said, I don't know if we would have won the national title if uh, we didn't get Reckling Park built uh, the way it was. So, yeah, it, it makes all the difference. That's, that's the story all across college athletics. You've got to have the facilities to compete with the other schools. J.P. Heath is our guest, the voice of the Rice Owls, and I do believe the stadium will be open just in time for uh, for Rice to come in. I, uh, I'm hoping anyway. That's their goal. Uh, they're they're gonna they had the ceremonial groundbreaking. They're gonna start working on that and uh, the following season have it open. So uh, looking forward to that. Um, Rice, other than football, really, uh, they're one of the uh, the programs that has a lot of success. I mean, basketball. There's been some success as well. Uh, it's not just a football-centric conference uh, for Rice, thankfully, because uh, there is a lot of things about Rice that you, know, you can point to and say, hey, you know, we're great in baseball. Basketball has had some success. And uh, Herd fans, of course, remember playing Rice in basketball, and there have been some uh, ups and downs there as well. Yeah, really close game. Um, until the recent years, uh, you guys uh, really had a good blowout win in the tournament last year, but um, that's the way, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like we said earlier, you've got to play these teams more and more and you've got to have meaningful games that can, um, can have something on the line. So, um, I don't know how you do that outside of just, uh, having a whole one big conference and no divisions to play everybody, but that's just the way it is with the East and the West. They have it now. You don't, you don't see the team, um, as much outside of baseball, which, which doesn't have divisions. Joining us on the program, he's the voice of the Rice Owls, J.P. Heath. And, of course, uh, you'll play host to uh, our uh, contingency showing up, uh, including our our very own Bill Cornwell. You mentioned earlier the Texas barbecue and everything. Uh, Trust me, those guys are going to hit you up for all of that. (laughs) Okay. Hey, I've got a list. I'm a big old guy. I can can help him out. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, see, yeah, Bill will love you for that. Uh, He will. um, Yeah, give him my number. I'll. I'll give them many, many options. <laughs> well, good. Excellent. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be there to uh, take advantage of the uh, the Texas barbecue, but uh, I'm hoping somebody will sneak some back on the plane for me. It's the best, man. You've got to come. you got to come sometime. I will uh, I will put that in the budget the next time. The next time uh, Marshall plays Rice, I'll have to put that in the budget. Uh, joining us on the program, he is the voice of the Rice Owls, J.P. Heath. J.P., good talking to you. Let's do this again more often. Uh, definitely we'll see you around basketball time for sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, let's do that. I appreciate it. He's the voice of the Rice Owls, J.P. Heath. We appreciate him coming on the program. We're going to take our next break. Come back. We have got reaction from last night's victory in basketball for the Thundering Herd, including Dan D'Antoni. We'll get his thoughts when we continue on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Last night it was basketball action exhibition for the Thundering Herd as they got the victory. Beat Glenville State 100-66, and uh, the entire roster got on the court. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we progress, but it was good to see some of those guys out there again. Cam Brooks-Harris, I liked his game last night. Of course, Tavion Kinsey, very impressed with him. Michael Byers, uh, he had 12 rebounds. One offensive, 12 defenses, so 13 rebounds total. Good game for him. I think they can uh, work a little bit more there. Uh, the Herd total had 57 rebounds 
Glenville State had 45. Of course, Marshall also a big number to circle. 30 assists, 25 turnovers. Had a few blocks in there as well. 13 steals. Exhibition game all in all. Thundering Herd scored a lot in the paint. 66 points in the paint. Marshall also got 21 points off turnovers. Uh, 19 second chance points. uh, 36 fast break points. And the bench, as we talked about, the entire roster was on the score sheet. 56 points off the bench. So Thundering Herd got a glimpse of what the team could look like in game one. And Dan Antoni talked to us after the game. And uh, here's his initial impression of everything in his opening statement. Obviously, we're going to hire an inbound coach. Somebody teach them how to throw, get the ball inbounds. But you went four years with, you know, basically just get John the ball. So it's going to take a little bit of time, but uh, we'll figure it out. We got the tools to get that done. And uh, but once we got it out a little bit and spread them a little bit, then uh, things opened up a lot better. Uh, first half, I, you know, substituted platoon-wise. And that's difficult for teams to get a rhythm. So they stay stay right with us. Second half, I just got one at a time or two at a time and uh, get the lead a little bit, get them beat down a little bit, then you can put the other guys in. So, you know, okay, we got a lot of work to do, obviously. Still not shooting the ball like we can from threes. We've got to be a better shooting team. I think we are. We just got to do a better job of getting those shots and then getting them down when we shoot them. So. Not bad, first time. Last year was a lot closer. Last year they put us right to the end. And they, they play, you know, you don't practice the way they play because uh, it's a scramble. Everything's a scramble. It's just kind of reads. And when you got a young team, I saw some things that uh, reminded me of the first year that Chris Duhon and I would start almost laughing. <laughs> Couldn't believe they did that. but. It'll, it'll get better as the year goes through. All right, that's Dan Tony's opening statement last night as he was addressing the media, and uh, he fielded a lot of questions, uh, some specific player questions, including uh, what he thought of Goran Miladinovic's performance. He's a very talented player. He, he's going to have to learn not to bring it down and get the rebound and then give it back to him by bringing it down to him. But uh, that's a pretty easy fix, you know. And he'd get embarrassed two or three times, and he'll decide not to do that anymore. But uh, I thought he looks, he's got a nice touch inside. He's got good good rhythm. And, uh, you know, you can get him while he's got good hands, and then he flows right into his shot. And it's, uh, it's going to be fun watching him get better, and he will get better. Another question, and it came up early. Uh, what was it like out there not having John and CJ on the court? Well, I mean, we looked out there. I looked out there one time. We had four freshmen and a sophomore. And even the experienced guys – are in roles they haven't played. So even Jared is now the point guy. He was off guy. Uh, Tavion was a four. Now he's kind of moving back to a solid two, maybe a three. And then everybody else, you know, Jansen, uh, I think, pressed himself a little bit. And uh, he'll get better. And George just got tired. I, I took him out, but I thought he played decent. So. The rest of them are all learning, and uh, it's fun to watch them. I enjoy it. I hope fans enjoy it, and uh, especially enjoy it when we win. But uh, it'll be a fun year. It'll watch them develop and, and get better. Again, very, very young, uh, one senior, and uh, the rest of them are extremely young. 
and the rest of them got to touch the ball a lot last night. And that was one of the questions Dan answered. Was that the goal? Is that the philosophy? You know, these kids, if they play with the right tempo, they're going to find out that everybody's going to touch the ball. Well, that's that's the way we want to play. Uh, it's uh, the ball finds a shot, not so much the player. And uh, we'll have to, though, there are times in a ball game where it'll get down toward the end of a shot clock. We're going to have to figure out who we can go that can get a shot and make it. And uh, that'll, that'll probably be the the hardest work, trying to figure that out. Uh, I thought we got, uh, you know, you talk about that last little crowd, but, they, you know, little Luke came in there and he just settles things down. He just was smart, let things come to him. I thought we forced and pushed things instead of just letting it come to us. We're trying to beat it down instead of just let it happen. But uh, I think that'll be easy to fix, I think. And uh, we'll keep practicing and get better. Again, it'll be a, a little bit of a journey early, but I'm looking into the we're long. Defensively, we can be very good. thought the zone looked decent when we played it. Got to rebound better, and there's a couple guys that got to rebound better. But uh, I think Gordon can rebound, and Michael got a ton of them tonight. But uh, we got to get Jansen and Iron, George, rebounding. We'll see what happens. Now, there was one sequence in the game last night. Uh, Marco Saranac goes up, dunks, and then he does what you shouldn't do up there on the rim. He gets a technical. Um, these kids are learning. Um, question was asked of Dan. I mean, did you have a little smile on your face? You know, he's going up there. He's excited. You know, he gets the dunk, and uh, here's uh, Dan's response to that. Uh, he doesn't even know what he did. He, he didn't think that's a, that's a technical. I said, Marco, you can't do push-ups on the damn thing or pull-ups. But, you know, that's it's going to be like that. So I hope everybody will just enjoy it, knowing that they're trying. And the experience will take care of a lot of things that coaching won't. You can you can talk all you want. You can coach it all you want. But if you don't get in the, into the action, into the arena, that's where you learn the most and the quickest. So uh, they're going to grow. They're going to have moments. You're going to. I'm going to look out there and go, what the heck did I just see? And then there are going to be moments where you go, wow, we're going to, we can be good. So it's just taking the what what did I just see out of the game and putting putting in the wow, and we'll be fine. I, 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 I'm going to look forward to this. I think this team can be every bit as good as we've been or better. So see what happens. Dan D'Antoni addressing the media last night. and Before we hit the break, there was uh, one question about the assist and the turnover ratio. Thundering Her got 30 assists, also committed 25 turnovers. And uh, one of the questions asked of Dan, hey, you know, that kind of reminds you of an NBA game. And it was, uh, you know, it was in jest, but still, 30 assists, 25 turnovers. Um, is that really what the NBA looks like these days? Uh, Dan doesn't hope that's the case, or at least he feels sorry for the coach who has that. Well, the 25 turnovers, I don't. I hope that's not the NBA game. You won't have your job very long if that's the case, although it's early for them, and that's uh, you're talk, probably talking about Houston. Mike Scott worried about his three-point shooting. It sucks. And, uh, they're going to have to figure that out, and they will. They will. They'll get back to who they are, and we'll get who we are. And that's a little bit calmer. Don't try to push the action, force the action. Kind of let it come to you a little bit, make easy play. But, you know, each one of them now are trying to be the main guy. 
And what they're going to have to understand is, uh, you know, that if you press to be the main guy, probably you're going to end up like the the guy got jilted by his date and going home by himself. So, you know, it's just a, just a matter of them letting the game come and just relaxing and playing the game. Don't come in with any uh, agendas for yourself. Just come in and play the game as it as unfolds. And whoever's going to be the top cop will be the top cop, you know. But uh, you try to force yourself into being the top cop, probably going to get fired and kicked off the force or sitting on the bench next to me. I don't know what's worse, uh, getting fired or uh, having Dan in your ear telling you what you did wrong. Uh, that's a tough one right there. That's Dan D'Antoni from last night's game. When we come back, we'll get player reaction to the victory. We'll hear from Tavion Kinsey when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Marshall DeVictor last night over Glenville State, 166. We got player reaction. A lot of new faces on the squad, including, uh, well, almost everybody. I don't know where to start as far as how many new faces we saw out there, or at least faces for the first time on the court. The good news is uh, this is an exhibition game. Saw some sloppy play out there. Also saw a lot of good things, especially defensive pressure. They turned that up in the second half. But uh, one of the first questions Tavion Kinsey answered yesterday was just how this team has really come together and meshed. How it feel last night? Oh, I mean, I thought it was beautiful towards the end of the game. Uh, at the beginning, I, I know we had some nerves in us. And I thought, like, after our halftime talk, we just needed to calm down a little bit. Guys first newcomers came in there and um, was a little riled up, but I feel like the second half we came out there and we did we did pretty great, you know, meshing as a team. So. so he was happy. He enjoyed the second half especially. And that second half, they really did turn up the defensive pressure. It looked like they were pretty much even for a while, and then it just felt like they kicked it up another notch. And, and Tavion talked about that, turning up that defensive energy. We knew they had one player who was really, you know, putting it to us early. He was like low key getting whatever he wanted. But we, um, everybody in the locker room was like, let me get him, let me get him, you know. And then we, uh, we doubled down, we played defense. We seen they were speeding us up. So it was like, why not, you know, get them some pressure? And we was giving them pressure at the beginning, but we were too, you know, lackadaisical with it. I felt like second half, it was like, okay, it's time to show who's was really better. This, this is our home court. We're going to go out there, turn up the intensity. So, And with that intensity and that aggressive play question that was asked to Tavion and Michael Byers will follow up after Tavion in the soundbite is, is that how coach wants you to play? Just go out there. Don't worry. Play with intensity. Don't worry about mistakes. And here's Tavion's reply. It's always, it's always been like that. It's always been intensity, practice, intense. Everybody needs to be High intensity, you win by going hard. It's not at the end of the day, you can have all the talent in the world. If you don't go out there and go hard, play intense, then it's really not going to matter at the end of the day. So, to piggyback off that, like during practice, like balls go out of bounds and we're playing all the way through. We go into the stands chasing after balls and stuff like that. Like doing stuff like that in practice really does translate into the games. 
Now, one of the new faces on the court for a lot of Herd fans was Cam Brooks-Harris. You look at his stat line last night. 7 of 13, he was 3 of 9 from the three-point line. He hit both his free throws. Uh, Nothing rebound-wise. He did play 19 minutes, only amassed two fouls. Also, he had three assists, four turnovers. That'll get fixed. Uh, He was out there for 18 minutes. So, he's out there 18 minutes, and he's able to put 19 points on the board. He's a guy that uh, I'm excited to see. We're probably going to see a lot more of him, and he's been practicing a lot. This is the first time he's been able to actually get out there, play in a game, and the question was asked of Cam Brooks-Harris, you know, are you more comfortable out there playing in a game than in practice? All right, I apologize. Uh, that soundbite is not working, and uh, let's see if we get the soundbite 41 working. Uh, this is... Um, Tavion Kinsey on playing with Cam Brooks Harris. It's fun. That's my guy. Like from day one, he was a big reason why I came here. Really, like he he committed here first. Then of course I met Coach Dan. But we um, Cam was really pressing me. Like, hey, I had a lot of other things going on, and he was like, "Come play with me." And I'm just like, "Yeah, okay." I'll. We've been playing AAU since like we were real, real young. So. Going out there and having him be able to play this year, I know like if it's anybody who can low key calm him down when he's you know in his head, I could talk to him because it's a personal level between us. Like we've been knowing each other outside of basketball, so <laughs> to have him out there, it's like a brother to me. So it's real, it's real fun, real exciting. All right, this that is Tavion Kinsey talking about playing with Cam Brooks Harrison. I like the chemistry out there yesterday. Again, got us all, got to see a lot of faces. You got to see everyone play. A lot of guys went out there, and made the most of their time, and I think you're going to see more of that. Again, we're talking exhibition here. However, Thundering Herd outscore them 45-35 in that first half, and then uh, really assert themselves in the second half, outscoring Glenville State 55 to 31. I'll tell you another player, uh, Luke Thomas. Uh, his limited time out there, I really liked his play. And I think you're going to see a real struggle to get into that starting lineup. I, mean, I, I don't think this is locked. I don't think your starting lineup last night was Tavion Kinsey, Jansen Williams, Jared West, Darius George, Michael Byers. That seems like it's locked right. But then you got to make time for Bennett. Bennett get 13 minutes out there. Um, you got to make time for Cam Brooks-Harris. He's going to have to get some time out there if uh, things – continue. Uh, I like Goran's play out there. And of course, you're going to have to find time for a guy like Luke Thomas. And that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, We'll get back into football. We've got uh, player interviews to get to tomorrow. We will take your phone calls as well as Thursday edition coming up. That's right. We've got World Series baseball action coming up tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So looking forward to that coming up. And don't forget tomorrow, we've got a full day for you. We've got the Doc Holiday Show. We've got Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. And if you've got a portable radio and you can't uh, go down to Fat Patties because you'll be a safe trick-or-treat tomorrow at the Big Sandy Superstore Arena, take your radio with you. Let the kids trick-or-treat. You listen to me. You listen to all the Herd talk coming up tomorrow right here on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.